our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, kids, come up here so I can see y'all. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. So, I have a question for you. Do you like looking at clouds? You do. Do you ever see, like, animal shapes or something funny in the clouds? You look at it and you go, man, that looks just like a rabbit or just like a kitty. Okay, so do you, have you ever been around clouds when they've been kind of scary looking? Scary clouds? So what makes a cloud scary looking? When it's like a vampire? Yeah. I'd run the other way for sure. And sometimes when, sometimes when clouds get real gray and stormy, are those scary to you? Like with lightning and you know it's going to rain? That, well, hey, I took the words right out of your mouth. So, so, so yeah, so sometimes... Clouds can be really fun to look at, and for some people, they can be kind of scary. And clouds can often represent um, to us kind of like an idea of being in a scary situation or a sad situation. But our gospel today is really, really cool because there's this big cloud that takes over the mountain, and and the disciples are inside the cloud with Jesus, and they hear God's voice. So God comes to them while they're in this kind of scary situation. And what I want you to remember is even when you're in a scary situation or where you're not sure about what, what's happening because it's kind of dark and mysterious, that God comes in those situations to us as well. It's not just that God comes when, it, when we're happy and everything's going great. God comes to us also when things aren't going so well. And we have to spend time looking for God. Okay? So even when things aren't going great, look for God even in the hard times, even in, when it's cloudy and gray. All right? All right, I think Miss Debbie's ready to take you.
And now, God, open my mouth so that I can speak, open our ears so that we can hear, and open our hearts so that we can change by your power and through your grace. Amen. Good morning. Before I say anything about today's scripture, I want to express how completely excited I am to be here and to join this community. I cannot wait to see what the Holy Spirit is going to do with us and where we're going to go and what we're going to become together. And, ha! yes. I got applause on the first time up. That's all. Um, it seems fitting. It seems fitting that we would be thinking about transfiguration today, but what does it really mean? It's tempting to me to want to simply classify it as change and give a nice sermon about that. And after all, my very presence here today signifies a time of change for this community, for me personally, and that would seem like a worthy topic to preach on today. But transfiguration is about so much more than change. While change is a part of transfiguration, it's not all that it is. It's also different than transformation, which does not automatically qualify the traits of a change that takes place in any one way. Transfiguration leans specifically towards beauty, specifically toward the spiritual, specifically towards the holy. Now, you all don't know me very well, so let me pause here for a moment and say that I am a huge fan of Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm totally on team Jesus. But I think today it's really all about God and what God is doing. This is the first Sunday gospel since January 1st where Jesus doesn't actually say something. But God, however, God is super chatty today in all of our readings. And while the transfiguration of Jesus is an incredible moment in his journey here on earth, I think the real action happens in the clouds with the disciples. That might be tough to see because most of us don't like clouds. For some they may terrify us, especially if they have vampires in them, like they did the disciples. At the very least, we may be uncomfortable with clouds because we've come to associate them with trouble or fear or sadness. We feel better with a bright, clear view, and when we don't have that, we feel distress. Have you ever found yourself feeling like your sky had gone dark and you were lost in a sea of clouds, wondering where God was in all of that. Well, let me tell you something. God can do wonders with clouds. From the pillar of cloud shepherding the Israelites to meeting Moses in the clouds on top of Mount Sinai to surrounding the disciples with a cloud in today's passage, you might begin to get the idea that when there are clouds nearby, it's a sure sign that God is doing something. We are told that it was in the clouds that the disciples, scared as they were, heard the voice of God saying, This 
is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Those last three words are critical because God did not say, obey him. The message in this moment was listen. I think that's important enough to repeat. The message was listen. This was not a follow his orders or do what he tells you kind of listening. This is more a hear what he's saying with your heart and let it shape you into something new kind of listening. But you see, sometimes when we're in those cloudy moments in our lives, we can't help but seek the comfort of our own voices to break the silence because silence and darkness together can be scary. And sometimes, especially in our TV always on, social media overload, news screens at the gas station world, we are so busy trying to fill that silent, dark place in our lives, that we miss things. I used to be especially good at this. I remember a time when I lived in New York City. After a series of bad decisions, I found myself with no direction, circling the drain and no way to stop it. Darkness had overtaken me. I had no sense of light or lightness. I was sad and weighed down, and all I could see were clouds around me. When I was in my late teens, I had sworn off religion and God for a variety of reasons. I didn't have a church community like this, and I hadn't stepped inside of a church in years. I remember one Saturday night that I spent looking for comfort that I couldn't seem to find. I finally went home and fell asleep only to wake up a few hours later staring at the ceiling. That was a different time. Before, everyone had cell phones next to them 24 hours a day, and there was no social media, and it wasn't exactly easy to find someone to talk to at 4 o'clock in the morning, even in the city that never sleeps. It was very lonely. So I laid there staring into the darkness I could see and the one I could feel. I was at the end of my rope, and I needed someone to tell me what to do next. Something had to give. In that darkness, something came to me, and since I'd already tried everything else, I figured I've got nothing to lose. So when morning came, I got up, I got dressed, and off I went to church. I walked into one of the most beautiful churches I'd ever seen and sat down in the back where I could get away easily if I needed to. I stayed for the whole service, which was lovely, but didn't really do anything to make me feel better or different. Twenty-one years later, I am still not sure why, but something tugged at me, and I decided to go and check out the coffee hour. As I stood there on the sideline of that parish hall, surrounded by my clouds and a bunch of strangers, God broke through 
and spoke to me very clearly. But here's the thing. It was not some profound voice like thunder. Actually, God's voice came to me in the form of two women who pegged me as a newcomer and wanted to say hello. Candace and Barbara greeted me, and after about a minute of chatting, Barbara reached out to me and grabbed my arm and said, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but you seem like you're in so much pain. Is there anything we can do for you? And that was it. Like Peter, I was tired, worn out, completely unaware of what I was saying, but God spoke to me through these two unassuming women. I got no clarity. I didn't get the road map I so desperately wanted, but I heard, perhaps for the first time in my whole life, God saying to me, I've got you. And it came through these two women I'd never met before, and nothing has been the same since. I guess looking back on that moment, you could say I was transfigured too. Perhaps my clothes did not become dazzling white and I didn't need to put a veil over my head, but there was a difference on the other side of that moment and other people could see it. But getting to that moment was tough and it took a very bold woman to reach out to a person she'd never met before and take hold of his arm like that, but God is bold and I needed to listen. It was as if God was saying, okay, Christopher, enough. It's my turn to do the talking. But what I heard was nothing I thought I wanted and nothing I expected. And I think that must happen a lot. I imagine that many of us are very busy telling God what we want from God and how we want God to show up. And I picture God having a million conversations like this, like this every day, sounding something like, I know, God, you, just, just God just trying to get a word in edgewise to those who plead for help but don't necessarily leave space for a response so that when God finally is actually speaking directly to us, we don't hear it. And even though I believe I did hear it, my troubles didn't disappear. I still had to fix what wasn't working in my life. The issues that were there on Saturday night were still there on Sunday afternoon, and this experience did not prevent other tough moments and heartbreaks from happening in my life. It did help me see that I'm not walking this journey alone no matter where it takes me. My life is still messy at times. I get stressed out, I make mistakes, and I feel anxiety when I don't know what's about to happen. But I see clouds differently now. I'm still uncomfortable in them, though I'm not so scared of them anymore. I've come to see clouds as a sign of God's nearness, and I've learned that when I see clouds, it's usually a pretty good time for me to stop talking and start listening.
Things are changing all around us, in our country, in our diocese, here, in our own lives. For some, it may feel like the storm clouds will never break. I would invite you to try to embrace being uncomfortable in the clouds. Seek God out in those clouds and ask yourself what God might be doing with them. Try to be quiet and listen for God's voice in them. And to make that a bit easier for us, God has promised to meet us through Jesus at the holy table. So come and be refreshed. Come to this table and leave your fear and your anxiety right there when you leave it. The God who loves you unconditionally will hold it for you if you let go of it. My friends, leave room for the possibility that in clouds God just might transfigure you too, though perhaps not according to your plan. Leave room for the possibility that your darkness might be turned towards light and leave room for the possibility that blessing may await in the most unlikely places and come in forms you never expected. Like I said, God can do wonders with the clouds.